0: Welcome to the show today. I'm wondering if you've ever had a burning desire for more in your life. We all know what it feels like to be stuck in doing something we don't really like. And it's normal to ask yourself, is this as good as it gets? I think we all know what it means to be hungry for major change. That's just part of the human experience. Today on the show, it's my absolute pleasure to be speaking with fellow entrepreneur and business owner, Byron Van Gisborne. Now, I know you're gonna love Byron's Go All In story because it's just so relatable. And Byron knows exactly what it takes to go all in and succeed. If this is your first time here at the Go All In Show, welcome. It's great to have you here. And if you're back for more, welcome back. We love our repeat offenders here at the Go All In podcast. Before we get into the show today, just take a little peek at your phone and hit that subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to ring the bell. That way you'll always have a little bit of motivation and some go let love right there in your pocket. Lastly, if you like what you hear today, please share this episode with your friends and your family. Byron has an important message to share. And if we can help just one person break through their barriers and get unstuck, then we would have done our job here at the show today. righty, let's get into this. As you'll hear, Byron comes from a pretty normal background, but he just wanted more out of life. And Byron absolutely embodies everything. It means to go all in and have a crack at something, and as you'll see, and as you'll hear, the payoff was absolutely amazing. In this wide-ranging interview, you're going to learn what it means to make a commitment, to stick with it, and then to build it into something that is bigger and better than you ever thought possible. Byron's one of the smartest guys I know, and I know you're going to love his go-all-in approach to life. I'm excited he's here, so please help me in welcoming Byron Van Gisburn. Byron van Gisborne, welcome to the Goalin Podcast. It's great to have you here, mate. (laughs) Hello, uh, good to be here. So, thanks for having me. Awesome, mate. I'm looking forward to doing this one. It's a very important thing that you do in society, and we're going to get into your business very, very soon. But before we kick off all of this goalin craziness all the time, let's get to know you a little bit. Tell us about uh, where are you from? Uh, Well, I live
1: in Sydney currently. Part of me is a Queenslander, I guess. I, I love, love Queensland. So don't hold that against me, Robert. I know you're going to say, color. are you
0: actually going to admit to that?
1: Are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not, it's on the public record now.
1: Yep. Don't, don't, don't hold, hold that to me. I'd, I'd love to get back there soon, but that's a, that's a plan in a plan. So put it that way. Nice. Um, me, I run a recruitment agency, uh, 50% owner with uh, my business partner, Scott Clark, Um I guess always had a bit of an entrepreneurial background. I've owned a, you know, a HVAC company, um, and had a couple of failures as well along the way. But um, that's that's who I am, I guess. So.
0: And are you a Sydney sider? Did you grow up
1: here, or did you grow up in Queensland? I did. I grew up here in Sydney, and then moved as soon as I could uh, out of here. I, I don't like the traffic; it's horrible. Um, we all feel that pain, but uh, where I did you go? Like- I went to Kira Beach, actually, uh, one of the best surf spots in the world. Yeah. Uh, mainly to, you know, surf the superbank and 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 enjoy life. So.
0: And did you come back to Sydney because of work? Because there's more opportunity here, or just kind of just just it happened?
1: Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, I was studying um, a commercial pilot license at the time, mm-hmm. um, which was a bit of a passion of mine. I don't recommend anyone get into that career. Um, but um, yeah, I was studying that. So I came back down here to do a bit of flying and then got stuck here, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a the reason I ask because it's unusual when people leave Sydney, when they immigrate from here, they rarely come back to live. They come back to visit, of course, but coming back to live and work like that, I've, I actually don't know anybody that's done that. That's, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, well, it's been successful. I've got a young family now, so I'm, I'm quite happy with that. But um, yeah.
0: Very nice, very nice. And how long have you been doing the recruiting thing for?
1: Um, on and off. So, I started my career in recruitment uh, in labour hire. So, a lot of blue collar stuff. Um, it's a very tough cutthroat kind of industry. You, you, you're dealing with, you know, someone that's needed a job um, tomorrow. Um, but even in my own businesses, when I had my HVAC business, I would manage 90 staff members. Um, and then, yeah, now probably back into it about three three years. So.
0: Very nice. Well, we're going to get into that a whole lot later on because I've got a bunch of questions I want to ask you because when when uh, people come on the show, it's a little bit self-indulgent for me. I get to ask the recruiter all the recruitment questions to solve all my problems. So hopefully the, the questions that I ask can help some other people out in the process. Hopefully we can. Hopefully we can. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. And, and tell me, do you still have a, a, a love for recruiting or is it just more the business entrepreneurial side that you like?
1: Uh, it's both. So I, I like to tell people um, I'm in the business of helping people. Um, so I make massive changes to their life. Um, they might've been in a horrible job. They're stuck. It's a dead end job. They've reached out to me on either LinkedIn or, or a job ad or something like that and said, Hey, this is what I want to do. And generally, even if I can't help them, I give them the, the right advice to, to push them in that direction because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I can't. I work in a specific vertical at the moment, um, but if if I can, the the joy on the back end of that is is amazing. They they literally will call you and say you changed my life. It was fantastic. It's it's a great result. So
0: yeah, yeah it's good. I, I really I really like talking to recruiters because what you do is at the very fabric. Of our society and helping people get a job and helping people into a career and level up a career is a really really important thing to do. And I do know I've I've had plenty of jobs over the years as as we all have. I've you know, <laughs> in between businesses that failed and crashed and burned. Yes, I've had to go and get jobs and things like that. That's you know just part of kind of living life. It hasn't always been peaches and cream for me. That's for sure. And um, you know I know what it feels like to need a job tomorrow. I know what it feels like to have to pay the bills for the kids and. Um, you know, the, the mortgage is due, the rent's due or something like that. It's it's very, very stressful. So it must be an enormously gratifying and empowering for you to help people along that journey.
1: It certainly is. Um, yeah, just seeing the change from some people are completely desperate desperate, and all that kind of stuff um, to, to go on to an, a major extreme. Uh, someone watched our careers couch at the end of last year when we first kind of launched it and literally rang me up on the edge, like on the edge, wanting to basically, you know, kill himself because he, he couldn't handle it and saw me as, I guess, the authority. Yep. Um, so I had to help him go through that and, and then guide him into the right counselling, and I believe he's found a nice job and turned himself around. But um, for me, it was quite confronting, uh, I guess, because you, you you do see, you know, the person that's lost their job and then the extreme from the person that's had a you know a 10-year run of hell basically and all they really need is a helping hand and you you give them that small little bit of advice or help and it changes them completely
0: that's one of the common themes i hear and and i've spoken a lot to different recruiters over the last couple of years just in interviewing and that because i think it's a really important thing for people to know i think a lot of people when they think of recruitment as an employee, they think of, oh, that's somebody that the employer uses to fill a position, but actually it's both. The uh, The recruiter can help the employee level up into something new, something better. And they're really, really experienced and they can make a lot of the stress go away. Right.
1: Yeah. A, a lot of the time. Yeah, you can, that's for sure. And a lot of the time, uh, you know, recruit, a lot of recruiters get a bad name because you know, they're in it for the dollars and then they're, they're not really in, in, in it to, to help people. And they might, churn and burn some of the agencies churn and burn people and and they do get a bit of a bad name or you know you're a car salesman kind of thing um but a good recruiter will listen to the candidate identify what they need where they are best going to be suited what's going to help their their next career move and and help them attain that and use their network from uh, whatever companies they have to 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 add value to that company, so you're essentially, you know, always selling to two people, mm. you're selling a candidate into a company and saying you've got to check out Robert. He's fantastic. He's, you know, one of the best podcasters I know. You hire him. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 quite rewarding and and challenging. So.
0: And it's a difficult business in what you just described there. It's actually two, it's actually three businesses, not two. You've got buyers and you've got sellers and then you've got a marketplace, which is your business. Do you, do you find that it's more buyers than sellers or is it more sellers than buyers or is it the market going crazy all the time? And then sometimes it dries up It's feast and famine. It must be stressful in that respect.
1: Uh, it can be very feast and famine. That's for sure. Um, and it's actually based a lot on the, the economy. So um, I, I can say, you know, with the two elections last year, especially in our construction side of the business, it was extremely hard because projects weren't getting released and they were delayed and um, all that kind of stuff. So even though we were making placements and and getting people jobs, it was still very hard. But then, you know, you'll have some of these projects come off and and things start pushing forward in the next six to twelve months, and it's going to be the opposite. It's actually mm-hmm. going to be. Uh, famine for the companies in terms of finding the right talent, but, uh, and, and extremely hard for us to to find that right talent and, and try and help those businesses. So when you get into that little part and that little section where there's enough talent and enough uh, jobs, it's fantastic. I was going to and- say,
0: where's this, where's the sweet spot because it's feast or famine for either the the companies that need people or for you that's, yes. you know, it's- <laughs> and those things are the polar opposites aren't they yeah. what is the sweet spot how do you discover that or is it just is it having regular clients is it maintaining cash flow in business what's the trick
1: uh, it's for for us it's generally, generally you can tell by the amount of applicants that are coming through and the amount of jobs that uh, or vacancies that are created
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and there'll be a there will be a sweet spot where you can go i've got four candidates or whatever for this job that's perfect because you're giving your client four options um, and if there's multiple of those, then it's even better. Um, that's generally the sweet spot. I could say at the moment in construction, it's the opposite end where there's a lack of jobs. Um, I think in Melbourne uh, with the Westgate project, they, they're laying off people. Right. Um, but there's a lot of candidates at the moment and even the candidates that I deal with are kind of struggling at the moment, like, how do I get a job? Where am I going? And I, I'm, I guess, working with them and pushing them into markets that I know, um, which means they have to pack up stumps and and go somewhere else sometimes. But that's the nature of you know construction. Mm. Um, but yeah, finding that little pocket, whether it be in Queensland, Melbourne, Brisbane, uh, Sydney, where, wherever it is, we need to find that and and help secure that person their their job. So.
0: Nice, nice, nicely said. Well, let's let's put a pin in that because I've got a, a bunch of questions I want to ask you towards right. the end of the show about that and about how people can present themselves better and give themselves a better opportunity and whatnot. Yeah. So let's hold on to that. But I, I want to get into this part of the podcast because it's my favorite bit, Byron. People will come on over to the Go All In <laughs> podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, mate, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success?
1: <laughs> um there's probably a few go all in stories actually I was talking about this with my partner she knows that if I do something I, I go all in and there's no way but the highway with me um so I, I'd probably say with my first business my HVAC business being a little bit naive and and young at the time 21 and and not really that much business sense but a lot of drive uh I had about five thousand dollars spent it all on the tools and equipment and then I thought holy crap, I've got to actually eat and pay my rent.
0: (laughs) Are are you a a HVAC tradie? For the people that are listening and watching that don't know what HVAC is, air conditioning, right? It's
1: heating, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. So, um, yeah, basically we go out and service and clean. I, I was an employee at that time, and I was kind of sick of my boss surfing all the time, actually. He'd surf and go to Bali and Thailand and all this kind of stuff. And and go oh well we're not working this week so it was it was a bit of frustration that led me there, um, and I'd, I'd saved up a little bit of money not enough so I went out bought the tools said that's it I'm going out and doing it myself but I had to door knock at least twenty to thirty buildings a day pitch a free quote I didn't get a get a job for fourteen days and I literally oh, wow. ate rice and tomato sauce. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are all in, baby. That's You're all, all in. in, hustling like a, a naive, crazy young person.
1: Yes, but um, the funny side of that it was by the end of the year, I looked at it and we had 2.1 million dollars in contracts, and wow. we're starting to do the the Australian Navy. We did the um, the uh, HMAS Parramatta and Sydney and Success and things like that. Just in um, one year. Yeah, yeah. So right. it was literally smashing the phones, following up. Uh, door knocking, pushing myself out there, um, and it was good. And then I sold the business and left and went to uh, Canada, which was great. And then um, I guess now my, my go all in story is, is recruitment, recruitment. So I wanted to work out how is the best way I can kind of help people. Um, I'd done it before. I didn't really want to get back into it, but then I thought, well,
0: it's actually something I'm really good at. You'd worked in recruitment before previously yeah, yeah. in your own business or as an employee?
1: As an employee in the labor hire business um, before I started my HVAC business. Um, and then kind of went, actually, I'm really good at this. I understand people. I could talk to people and I know how to get them jobs. So yeah, got back into it and said, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going all in. So I, I joined uh, the career building team um, with, with Scott Clark, the the other owner. Um, but it was all or nothing. It was basically we need to build a civil construction and infrastructure desk. Um, we're not going to put any funds into it. You've got to build it from nothing. So we we did that and got it to about seven hundred grand in a year, which was good, mm-hmm. um, especially given the market was so horrible with you know elections and things like that and um, projects can, finishing up. Why construction? Up. Why construction?
0: Of all the of all the industries you could
1: pick, why that one? When there when there is a recession or some sort of downturn, the Australian government likes to make promises about we're going to build a new road or we're yep. going to build a railway line or now we're going to build an airport. Um, and that creates jobs. And on the back of that, it creates warehousing jobs and all sorts of jobs. But the first thing before anything starts is putting a shovel in the ground. Mm. So that's why... I, you know, did my research and went, you know, I know where we're going to push this business and where the pipeline is. And the the pipeline is huge. Like um, the pipeline for work over the next eight years is massive. Um, I don't, I don't think we have the staff in this country to service the projects. Mm. And I'm seeing a lot of overseas candidates come across because they can see, see the work. It's very hard for them to get in. Uh, just due to local experience and uh, like RMS qualifications and and things like that and specifications and stuff, um, but yeah, give it four years. I I think we're going to have a lack of candidates in in this industry. So
0: it's really interesting, right? As I uh, as I look around my local area, um, it's kind of settled down a little bit here in construction here in Cronulla where I live. Uh, but there, at one point, there was about fifteen cranes on the skyline, and yep. you can't see them from where. Where you can't really see them from Cronulla, like wherever you are in Cronulla, you can't see them. But when I go out on my paddleboard and I paddle out on the water, and you get the panoramic view looking yep. at, at that part of Australia where I live, you're like one, two, three, four. Look at all that. And and when I drive, my mum uh, was living down in here, here in Cronulla nearby, and she was having an apartment built just up the road, like four suburbs away in Miranda. And yep. you go up to Miranda now, and there's no joke, man. There must be. changed. Must, Oh, they they must have pulled down probably thirty percent of the old buildings in that yes. suburb and and not just the build not just the old apartments either, like the houses have been redeveloped into these monolithic blocks and they're beautiful with all the beautiful design and all of those sorts of things. And I can't help but drive past there and scratch my head and go, Who's gonna live in all of those apartments? There's <laughs> not that many people in Australia. But you know, if you'll be surprised like an you'll oversupply, be surprised. right?
1: Yeah, you'll be you'll be surprised. There's, I I think uh, we go to a lot of events like with the UDIa and things like that with the Planning Minister and and apartment living is the way that it's it's going to be in in Sydney. That's kind of the the goal there. Um, but yeah, you'll be surprised. There's there's always people to live in them. They they sell. People buy them. They're either investments or they're yeah, so they're, damn expensive. They are expensive. They are expensive for what you get, especially. I'll go back to Queensland. You could buy a house on the water for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the you know, the apartment my mum uh, purchased was like eight hundred grand or something off the plan. Yeah, um, and it was a year late because it was right up against the train line. And mm-hmm. had some engineering problems. and it came it came out of the it came out of the oven, so to speak, and it's and it's beautiful. absolutely yeah. magnificent where she lives. Um, and every aspect of it, they I feel like, you know, to a layperson like me, I feel like they spared no expense in the design of it. I don't know about the materials and things, but the design is just beautiful. And what a what a nice way to live in a nice, and you know, you think of Miranda in Sydney, you go, eh, I Where's don't know. Miranda? <laughs> yeah, like, what? Isn't Westfield's Miranda Fair, something yeah. like that. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful suburb to live in and, and what's happening there. Tell me, do you have as as a recruiter and you you got into that business and you, you kind of gave us a little window into your thought process there which i really like about the macroeconomics and what's coming down the pipeline and it always starts with somebody standing on a shovel and turning the turning the earth like that is that something that you've always been interested in like the the bigger picture macroeconomics or is that something that's just kind of out of necessity in the in the industry that you're in
1: um it is kind of something that with any type of business, you've got to be looking at the economy as a whole, um, regardless of whether you're an online shop or you're a civil construction company or, or a real estate agent, um, because that's going to determine the factor a lot of the factors of your success, not so much as an online shop, but if you're a local boutique or something down in Cronulla, for example, uh, and cash flow of that city is you know maybe pretty poor at the time people aren't spending then it's going to affect you so you got to you know maybe think outside the box and then jump online and create an e-commerce store maybe yep. um so you you have to be looking at those details i think as at, at a bit of a glance you don't need to spend all your time on it let the economists and things do that but look at the results and and you it'll help you plan your business a, a, a lot better i guess so yeah, no, I, I, that's probably one of the reasons why we were successful with getting civil off the ground.
0: I think it's a really important point that you make, you know, don't spend all your time looking at it, but certainly look at it and make some informed decisions. The, the problem with looking at it all the time is if I'm reading the online news and social media, the world's about to end. And if <laughs> I, if I watch CNN or Al Jazeera, like a non-Australian based ending. news thing, the world has is ending. It's like imminent. The you know it's, it's <laughs> one second to midnight before the nuclear war starts. Yep. And here in Australia, everybody's so damn pessimistic. But when you know I, I look at my bank account and I, I feel about feel what's happening in my business, things seem actually really really good and one of these things is not like the other and what I've decided to do personally for myself and I don't know for the ladies and gentlemen listening and I don't know how you feel about it Byron but I just make my own decisions. I take all the information, keep the bits I like, flush the bits I don't and have a look at how that compares to my business and where I'm at along the timeline of what the goals are that I'm setting for myself.
1: Yeah, I think the question that anyone has to ask themselves if they're looking at that, how is this going to affect me?
0: That's really as simple as that, right?
1: No no simpler. That that yeah. that's it. That, or to rephrase it, if you're looking at all those news stories, which I don't watch the news, but
0: does this really affect me? Well, Is, if you don't watch the news, didn't you know the world was about to end? You didn't know.
1: No, no, I didn't <laughs> know. I I don't get any of my news from news sources. I just don't don't watch it because it, it it doesn't really affect me yeah. in any way, shape or form. I like um you know the stuff happening it, may to to a minimal extent but my day-to-day going to the office and working and helping candidates and, and running the business it doesn't really affect me
0: that yeah, really much. interesting yeah yeah, yeah. I, I love I love that approach and I love that attitude to life as well man stay in the bubble that you create for yourself you know and yeah. let other people worry about the doom and gloom of the world hey I, I'm really interested to know like you, you've had a couple of go all in stories and successes and failures like we all have along the way and and you mentioned that you kicked off this one with the intention of not putting any capital into it you wanted to do it from the ground up and and kind of let it grow organically tell me about that that that's that's hard to do i'm going through that process right now and i'm probably 18 months into my new business and sometimes it's feast and sometimes it's famine and sometimes it's throw your hands up. It's all too hard. I couldn't be bothered with it anymore. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I'm at it till eight o'clock that night because I'm so motivated and inspired and enjoy what I do. But what, what, what's your experience being with, with that?
1: Um, it depends on the business that you're in. Uh, that's in, in a nutshell. I think, I think if you're, you know, doing an e-commerce store or, or something with, products or something like that, you you need some capital behind you. Mm. Um, my capital is my network. So um, essentially, you know, it's burn the bridges. Don't look back and focus on the results. Um, and uh, it didn't take us too long to get our, our first win. I think it took from us not being in that vertical to getting our first person placed. Uh, it was about, 26 days from every month about a
0: month about a month what uh, happened when you did it did you have like a giant celebration and we're like god i wish that happened sooner I was a <laughs> bit like i wish that happened sooner but i was
1: also a bit like oh thank god like oh jesus
0: <laughs> things yeah, it like validates what you're doing right uh,
1: and i did risk it all like uh, it was a massive risk you know There was a baby on the way um he's now one one almost two so Um, yeah, baby on the way, it was hard work. It was grinding, but, um, yeah, I I think where a lot of people fall over is their lack of commitment, um, and their lack of action. So if you don't take both of those things, um, a commitment to do something and then take the appropriate action behind it, you are going to fail. Um, and you've got to have a little bit of drive behind you and, and back yourself. Like you you're you're running the Melbourne Cup, mate. You're you're the one that's going to win or lose. It's up to you. So <laughs> that's,
0: I like to say that you, you you're not going to win that Melbourne Cup race. So you're not going to score a goal unless you get on the field and play. And that's right. there's nothing wrong with failing. Nothing. No. No. You got to
1: learn, and you got to. I guess one of my mottos, which I learned from uh, Jack. Delosa actually, it's one of his mottos, which is um, fail forward, fail fast. Mm. Um, and I, I like that because I, I understand it. I've you know had businesses and and they've couple of them failed and and I've had some failures. but if you are going to fail, learn from it fast and apply those actions.
0: Yeah, We say that in digital marketing, uh, particularly with ad campaigns, you don't just launch with one ad campaign. It wouldn't be much different in recruitment, I'd imagine. You run with multiple ad groups and multiple ads inside of those ad groups. And typically, uh, for an AdWords campaign, you'd have like 10 ad groups and 10 ads inside of each one. You'd have 100 ads. And yep. that takes a lot of effort to set that up. And you turn it on. And if it's not converting at like 50 bucks, it's not going to convert at 5 bucks. Turn the thing off. Yeah. yeah and the one that's converting stay with that and and back that one a little bit more and try and just refine that and be a little bit better and you're kind of inching your way forward as you do that and I think that was part of the success that I enjoyed in the digital marketing space particularly in the advertising space was we would say that to clients all the time the idea is that we fail as quickly as possible and get off the losers because you've been on a losing campaign the whole time that's why you're coming to me and that's why I'm trying to help you and the <laughs> idea is that Whatever you're doing in business or in life, for that matter, if it's not working for you, get off that losing train yeah, and change. get the, on the winning one.
1: Make a change. Make it fast and make a commitment to make that change.
0: Mm. Byron, i, I got to say, man, you're, you're pretty pretty brave. A lot of people listening to this and watching this on YouTube would say, well, if my missus was about to have a baby, I don't know if I'd be risking it all and going mm-hmm. all in. And it's easy with hindsight when you look back And go. Oh, you know, it was going to work no matter what. I was committed to it, and you know, that's kind of how I am. But it's still, you know, not everybody is is wired the same way as you. And and I have a lot of feedback from this show. And and ladies and gentlemen, if you if you want to send some feedback, please do. Please comment in the in the comments below in YouTube or drop me an email. You can just go to the website or connect in socials and do that. Keep it coming because I answer all of those messages personally. And if I'm a bit slow, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll definitely get back to you. But. The feedback that I get, the common theme in and around that is always, "Hey Rob, I I listened to your show. I love your show. Thanks, man. That's really awesome. I love that guest. She was great. He was great. But I, I want to go all in, and I'm I'm right on the I'm right on the edge, and you know I'm dramatising what they say, but they're pretty much saying it's true. I'm on the, I'm on the very edge, but how do I just I can't quite get there because they're scared, right? They're they're scared of leaving their job. They're scared of not been getting you know a paycheck, a p a y g paycheck. And I'm wondering, what would you say, you know, is there a couple two or three tips that you would say to somebody about backing yourself and having the drive to do that and, and taking some risks to get on the field and play the game?
1: Yeah, I'd actually give you an action to do. Um, I would, if you haven't go skydiving because most people are scared of it. They're horrified by it. They, they just don't want to do it. They're so fearful but then once you jump out of that plane and make that jump and cross over your fears, you realize that it wasn't that hard and it was, you know, a lot easier than what you thought and all those beliefs that you built up about it, I'm going to die, oh, God, um, we're not true and it becomes one of the best experiences of your life. Um, and I think, you know, something that I always say is if you're fearful of something, go and do that because everything you want in your life is on the
0: other side of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Well, I could echo that that paratrooping thing uh, pretty pretty loud and clear. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. There was uh, a time where, before all of this 9/11 craziness and the, all, all, all the stuff that happened, and I was posted at the parachute school, and we were doing um, some continuation training at the drop zone at, at JBRF down in Jarvis Bay. Yep. And from time to time, uh, people would come down. Like there'd be randoms, right? Like some. German dude here. Who's he? I don't know. Some <laughs> German special forces guy. Give him a parachute, throw him out of the plane, and say good and tag to the guy, and send him on his way after he got his kept his qualifications and stuff. And there was a few like random things that happened down there from time to time. And I remember this one woman who was there. She came down, and I think she was like um, like a niece of one of the instructors. I don't remember exactly. She was like a relative of yeah. somebody there, and she was there from the minute we started work at seven o'clock at the drop zone, we got to set up the plane turned up. Um, we got some loads going and she was watching and they would, the continuation training that they were doing was for the tandem instructors. And so I went up on a couple of tandems and jumped out with them, Helped them. So you go and put mistakes in there for the instructors so they can eight fixes the mistakes and all that sort of stuff. And then I jumped a couple of times myself and in between I was just like, Oh, hi, how are you? How you doing? And she's like, oh my God, you guys are crazy. I've seen you <laughs> jump like four times today. And, uh... and it was all this like really big, exciting thing for her. And, and it's pretty cool. If you've never seen that before, you know, there's yeah. 30 or 40 people jumping continuously, planes coming and going continuously. There's, it's like a, a hive of activity. It's a really fun thing to do. And I, I said, why don't you go over and ask the boss if they can take you for a tandem? Because I looked at the board, you know, there's tandems going on all day. And she goes, oh would they take me? I said, I don't know. Well, let's go ask. And went over and ask and, you know, 10 minutes later she appeared on the board and <laughs> she happened to appear on the board in the same load that I was on. So I got my gear and I, I put my parachute on and I'm standing there, my helmet, my goggles, my gloves got checked, ready to go, walk out to the plane. And normally you jump out of a military plane and it's really fast to get to altitude. Yep. You jump out of the ramp and you go and do it again, right? But in this particular circumstance, we're in a little bug smasher. Um, so like the like a civvy would Cessna do at a normal civvy drop zone, like a Cessna caravan or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. I don't think it was a caravan. I can't remember. It was a short sky van. I do remember. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the old, old thing, yeah, you know, big, big, big square, fat, ugly, ugly, ugly thing. Like. Yeah. Yeah, and we were in a the, in the plane in the short sky van. You can't see out the windows when you're sitting down. And she's sitting in the lap of the instructor that's about to clip her in. And I was sitting next to her. In the airplane and you know it's a slow it's a slow boat to china you know it takes yep. forever to get to altitude in the thing you know you're driving around in circles forever and i kind of looked over at her and she was white yeah freaking sheet. out oh she was freaking <laughs> out but just an hour before i was chatting with her and it was the most exciting thing in the world to her and and it's really i remember this story so clearly because it's a metaphor for life and it's a particularly a metaphor for business and entrepreneurs that it looks really exciting and really attractive. And he's driving around in a Lambo and 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 the boss is out surfing. I hate this guy. I want to go surfing too. I'm going to start my own business. And the reality is you get in the airplane, and you're sitting in the lap of some stranger about to be clipped in to be tossed out of a plane. And she was crapping her pants. Yep. And Really, there's there's no kind of time for her to get ready in her mind that she's going to jump. We just went over and said, "Hey, can you put her on the ball? Yeah, we'll put her on the ball. Let's go." That's <laughs> the time she had to prepare, and literally, she's in the next load with with a bunch of army paratroopers who are kind of laughing at her, and and they would have <laughs> she shuffled to the he clipped her in, and you know, you shuffle on your bum to the edge of the yep. edge of the door, and you're about to roll out. And I was kind of right behind her, and I I looked at her, and she looked back at me, and I kind of went. I winked at her through my goggles like that. And she's like, Oh my God. Anyway, they got out. I got out. We got on the ground. I, I flared my parachute and I saw her getting helped up by the instructor after the tandem. And I walked in, I just let them do their thing, right? I didn't get in the way. I walked in the shed. I put my parachute down. I started packing my parachute and I saw her walk in and she went straight to her stuff, got her stuff and boom, she bolted out of there. Didn't say <laughs> goodbye. Didn't say anything. And I thought that is just an unbelievable metaphor for life, and now I can look back at that with hindsight and laugh about it. But at the time, it's probably not very funny for that lady. No, <laughs> she was crap in her pants. But you know, it, business can be really super, super scary. And you know, giving giving your sharing your story and sharing your your action points there is such an important thing. So thank you for for sharing that. And I'm just wondering, you know, what what's your experience been? skydiving as well. Have you had the same sorts of experiences?
1: Uh, I have actually I've done, I've, I did a B license. I think it's called, but I yep. haven't skydived since I did it up at Byron Bay, which is hilarious. It's Byron mm-hmm. jumping over Byron at Byron Bay skydiving. <laughs> um, so the B license. Yep, with a So the instructors all laughed at that. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I I think I, I did it because I've always been a bit of a daredevil and I guess willing to give anything a go. It's kind of just in my, my nature. Um, but yeah, looking at some of the people that are so scared before, but also the results after. So, they, so many times, even my partner, uh, Laura, I took her skydiving. I woke her up at 3 a.m. or something and we drove down to Wollongong and I said, uh, she goes, well, what's happening? What's going on? I go, don't worry, it's all going to be good <laughs> and threw her out of a plane.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but her, she was fearful. She would not go and do that and then she did that and she goes, "Well, it's not that hard. So I think she she now uses that analogy and experience, well, to go, well, you know it's not that scary. If I give it a go, I learn something, and I can push forward. So um, yeah, I, I've, yeah, it's great. So, they're,
0: they're reference points, aren't they? You know, that's that Tony Robbins thing if you've ever seen people walking on hot coal. Why would yeah, you walk the on cold, Yeah, the cold water hot water fire or something yeah why would you do that it's like and then you know someone's listening or watching this and going why would you jump out of a plane you crazy guys you know and the reality is tony robbins does that because it gives you a reference point in your life because if you can overcome the fear of doing that and nothing happens to you it's completely safe it's a controlled environment if you can overcome that fear and you can get over that and remember how hard that was for you to overcome that at the time that they, because they kind of spring it on you when you do it there. Maybe I'm spoiling it for the people that have never done it before, but they do, (laughs) they do spring it on the cloud crowd and it's like, you're going to do this right now. Oh, really? And then lots and lots of people back out, but then there's lots of people encouraging them to get them through. And it really does. My Mrs. Did it and it gave her a a really solid reference point in her life to say that, you know, stump, sometimes things get tough. And sometimes things are really super scary. But if you can get your emotions under control and you get yourself organized, you can do that in spite of what your, your mind is telling you because your mind is just trying to protect you. But if you- Yeah, st- that's right. It's the you- old fight or flight. It is, baby. It is. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, Byron, thank you for sharing a little bit of a window into your go-all-in mindset, mate. I, I appreciate that. I want to move off that now and, and just ask you a little bit about your podcast and your show. Let's let's talk about that because you've kicked that off recently. It's kind of been in a couple of different iterations, and now you've gone out and spent some money, created a studio, got some lights and <laughs> microphones and fancy stuff. It looks a million bucks.
1: Yes, yes. We've we've listened to the audience. They said it was absolutely horrible, um, but they did like the content, which was good. Um, and I I, th- I think basically the reason why we're doing it is essentially because we have so many candidates, and so many people in other industries as well that reach out and ask for little advice or tips or um, what their experience is. Like how do I do this? How do I do that? And nine times out of 10, we've heard the question before. Um, so we thought we'd use it to add value to to everyone. Um, you, you might be coming out of school or you might be coming out of uni and going, oh crap, how do I get onto LinkedIn? Like what do I do with my profile or what's the best way to get, through a, a CV uh, or applicant tracking system, so uh, I think today's one this afternoon is all about boosting your applicant tracking system and getting through that that system to to get more chance of being hired, um, and and with your LinkedIn profile and um, interviews. Um, so, because there are some things that people don't know, they they don't know that the applicant tracking system looks at keywords and automatically throws you in the junk mm. um, and you know, your LinkedIn profile is your sales page. If, if you don't have a headshot and you don't have the right terminology, so maybe you're a um, recruitment consultant, but you've been called a talent acquisition specialist hiring <laughs> something. You're not going to get a job because you can't be found. Uh, yep. That's, you know, if, you, if you're looking for an account manager, you put in account manager, not director of first or something like that. I think that's the one for the receptionist.
0: Um, so so, yeah, for the, we, so for the people listening and watching this, if they're looking for your show, what's your show called?
1: It's called The Careers Couch. It goes live every Fridays um, uh, in, the, in the afternoon. We changed the time today. It's going at 6.30. Um, but yeah, basically jump on there. It's on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, it's on all the all the channels, um, so yeah, it's it's good. And um, if there's anything that any viewer has to say or or wants to to know about, then hit the comments, and we happily answer answer
0: it. Right there, beautiful, beautiful. Tell me about um, tell me about creating a podcast, and tell me about getting in front of the the camera. You know, I would suggest to you that most people with a, a level of experience that you have are used to instructing they're used to public speaking, they can deliver a pitch or a presentation in a boardroom pretty well, but it all, it all becomes very different and, and quite a new and uh, unique learning curve as soon as there's a microphone and a camera, and it's just me and my damn opinions. How how has that experience been for you? Um, quite daunting to be honest. Um,
1: I really don't, although I can come across as an extrovert in business, I'm quite introverted in my life. Um, so again, it's, you know, I tell myself the slogan I said before, everything you want is on the other side of fear. So just do it. Um, so getting, it's scary, It's scary. It's yeah. scary. You don't know what the results are, but then, you know, I look at it and the results, if someone doesn't like it, they don't have to listen to what I have to say. There's so much content out there. Yeah. Um, they can, you know, tune into someone else. Um, if they do like it, I'm so stoked. I'm glad I've helped them out. So um, I think getting over that fear as well and and just committing uh it was that was a big thing for us um especially my business partner he's fifty five or something um he's anti like oh why do we need to do a podcast and why do we need to do, be on youtube and oh, like what's youtube um so all this digital marketing stuff and and getting your message out there and your brand is quite foreign to a lot of people but it's mm. it's actually so highly important in business to get your message out there um, and do it the right way. So nice. Yeah, it was, it was and- scary. We had to invest. We we spent a fortune, as, as you know. It's expensive. Um, yeah. yeah, it was expensive. And yeah, hopefully we're delivering good good content. We can improve and, and keep pushing forward. So
0: well, well I have to say uh, I've been watching for, as I've known you for a little while now, and I've seen you kind of progress, and I've seen mm-hmm. you settle into it. And I, yes. I was—I saw some stuff the other day. I can't remember what it was exactly, but I, I remember what I—I I remember. Look, look at him. Look at him go, go, <laughs> mate, go. You know, I—I lo- I love watching people kind of evolve into that. You know, I've—I've I've helped uh, nearly thirty-nine podcasts. We've launched something like that. There's a lot of a lot of podcasts, and it's it's always a real pleasure to see somebody uh, get over their imposter syndrome. And what you've you know, I think you end up looking at everyone else in the media out there. I don't know about you. It's kind of my anecdote, and you think, "Oh, wow, they're so amazing. They've got such in- intelligent things to say. They've got incredible things to say." But the reality is, you, you're you're putting, you're making them something extraordinary. And every now and then, you'll go, "That was rubbish. My yes. stuff's way better than their stuffs." Yeah. And you realize that they're actually just ordinary. And if you go out there and be ordinary, one of the things I struggled the most with, with my podcast is I just didn't think anyone would be interested in what it is that I've got to say, because I don't really have a a big giant go all in story in my life. Some people have got like health challenges and they've had marriages and deaths and all sorts of drama in their life. And my life is like just plain vanilla. It's like really... I don't know. You know, I, I find myself at these intersections in my life, like everybody. And you know, you've got to commit to something, and you've got to dive in and go all in. But really, is that a is that a go all in story compared to somebody who nearly died from cancer or Lyme's disease or got run over by a bus, and all of these things happened to them? And the the short answer for me is no. But it doesn't mean that what I've got to say is any less important. And no. It's just a natural, normal thing for you to compare yourself to the other people that are out there and to feel like that. And if anyone's listening to this and, and thinking about starting a podcast, do it. Do it. Yeah, give it because- a
1: crack. We've got a studio for rent.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there you go. Byron buy will hook you up. And, you know, I, I say do it because what you've got to say, and I say do it without even knowing you, because whoever you are and whatever you've got to say is important. And there are some people out there that will connect with you. There are people out there that will resonate with you there's 800,000 podcasts out there but only about 400,000 of them have had an upload in the last 90 days so it means half the podcasts out there are dead and the average number of episodes that are out there is just 17 so of the 400,000 shows that are out there they don't have that many episodes so if you're thinking about starting one get it off your chest and get out there and share your message with the world because it's unbelievably important and it's actually not that hard.
1: It's not that hard, but it does take a lot of work. I, yes, I, do, but- I do have to say that. It, it's not that hard to, to deliver it, but it does take a lot of work. I, I think the hardest part is actually getting over your own fear and self-doubt mm. um, that you're going to fail before you've even, you know, kicked it off. And I, I think if you just go, oh, stuff it, I'm going to do it. Um, let's give this a shot. You'll, you'll, you'll be significantly more successful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you're doing, you know, in from the recruiting sense, because what you're doing is closing the gap, you're closing the gap for people in their in their knowledge. And there's just so much information that's out there. And when you come out from behind a website and come out from behind a business and put a face to that business, you and your business partner sitting there as much as he doesn't want to do it, he's actually really good. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, he's he's doing, actually, he's doing out quite excellent. He's he's doing a great job. He the band off and he's, he's pushing forward, so, which is good about Scott. He's, he is a kind of a good uh, partner because he is, you know, I'm going to go all in as well. So he has that mindset. Um, he's gone all in previously in his career and, and starting career building 10 years ago. So, yeah,
0: it's fantastic. It's, uh, I'm really, I'm really excited for you and I'm excited for the future of it with you. And I, I'm your biggest fan on the sideline as you mate, <laughs> tune on man. And, and there's nothing I like more than seeing other people succeed in this world in whatever aspect of it is in their life, but particularly in the podcasting world, because I'm biased and that's the space that I kind of live. You have in, to be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really encouraging to see you going, man. So well done and, and congratulations on and getting it to market and making it all happen.
1: Yeah, it's been hard. It's been been very hard, but thank you. We're 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 pushing forward, and every episode, as long as we see an improvement, we're, we're happy. So that's 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 our only KPI for this. Is as long as we're seeing it improve, we're happy. So
0: in- incremental growth is the key, right? You're not going to yep. wake up one day with five hundred grand in your bank account. But no, I think we started moving, on this.
1: It? This is what we started on, right there. That's it, That's exactly.
0: It. Right on your phone. Exactly. The audio
1: was horrible. The video quality was horrible. It was echoey, but we, you know, gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you know, we made the commitment. We, you know, we're going to do this. So when we got all the equipment, and and now we're pushing forward. Got the team behind us as well. So it's good.
0: That's, That's awesome. No one else
1: is doing it either. So you know, in recruiting. No, I don't see anyone in recruitment really adding any value um other than you know making the placements which is good but they're not really adding any value to the candidates or clients um for free advice and they're the most knowledgeable people
0: yeah they are working
1: with so many different businesses and so many different people And they you know a bit of insight would help so many other so so much more people so that's why we're doing it
0: well, that's a beautiful segue into the the questions I wanted to ask you about recruiting and about candidates and from the employer employee perspective. Um, and while I've got you here on the show and uh, while we're on the podcast, you know, I think a lot of people that listen to my show, I know are entrepreneurs. A lot of them are yep. solopreneurs. They love the motivation aspect of what it is that we do, but there's lots of business owners that listen. And I don't know exactly who my audience is other than from the feedback that I get. and And so that's how I know from those anecdotes. And but there's been thousands of messages over the last couple of years. So that's a fair kind of guesstimate to say that mm-hmm. they're in there. If I was a, an employee, and I've been an employee many times, and yep. I'm a little bit tired and stuck in the the rut of oh my God, is this as good as life is going to get? And I've got credentials, I've got qualifications. What what can I do? to start to make a transition into something else? I mean, it, you don't just go start applying for jobs randomly. You've got to think about what it is that you've got to do before you dive in and have a crack at something. But, you know, what's some of the mindset things that I can do to help me on my way?
1: Um, there's The first thing is really seeking clarity. Um, that is the most important thing before making any step. Um, you might be in a dead-end job, you might be in a business that's failing, you might be in any kind of situation. But if you're not clear as to what you want and who you are today, you won't know the flight plan to get there mm. and you you won't have the steps involved at all. So really it, it's about sitting down, asking yourself some tough questions um, and they can be confronting as well. Um, you know, I, giving this out in, in one of our e-courses that we're about to launch as well. Um, but it's it's really seeking that clarity first, like who am I today? What am I good at? Where do I want to go? Where do I see myself? Um, what skills do I need to change? Um, Etc. cetera. There's, there's about 10 or 15 questions that you need to ask yourself to understand where you are and then where you want to go. And then you come up with that flight plan and essentially, you know, reach your goal, set some goals around it, set some micro goals and some achievements along the line and, and set a deadline. But if you don't start with clarity, you'll be in the same spot
0: forever. <laughs> and that spot can often feel like a rut. And, and I always say Huge Huge you, 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 don't, you don't know what you do want until it is that you really see what you don't want.
1: Yeah yeah and I've I've had a shit job and I I remember walking into it and looking at the clock from 901 to 5pm <laughs> <laughs> I think I counted every single minute going oh man is is this is this going to end or what like kill me please kill me someone like someone do something
0: <laughs> so soul, soul destroying isn't it what what, it what would you say to somebody or to a an employee a candidate that was unhappy with where they are doing that clock watching like that but not really sure how to get clarity. How can I get some clarity?
1: Um, write down what you don't want and what you don't like. Then write down what you do want and what you do like.
0: Simple activity.
1: It's pretty much a pros and cons list. And then once you understand what you you do like and and you want to be involved in that, and you know a lot of people are saying you know you know find your purpose and do this and that. Um, it's it's all a little bit fluff to me. I think you, you need to, you know, find out what you really like and then go and commit to that. Um, you know, I'd love to be a professional surfer, but I'm like mediocre, like I'm not <laughs> that great. Yeah. Like I'd love to be on the world tour, but yeah. no chance. Um, so, you know, go and, and, and write down what you like and, and what you don't like and then reflect on it and say, okay, well, I'm not liking this, but I do like this. How am I going to make that change? What's, what's the step involved? So if it's a career change, for example, you know, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. I'll give you heaps of dice, but jump, jump on to a recruiter in that space or jump on to a hiring manager in that space or someone that works in that company and reach out, say, Hey, Robert, really love the work that you're doing there at Coca-Cola or whatever. Don't endorse Coke, but anyway, um, I'd really like to learn more. What have your successes been? Can we have a coffee? As simple as that, you'll be surprised at how responsive people truly are. People yeah. it's it's a little bit like starting a podcast. People are so scared to pick up the phone or send an email or send a LinkedIn request. And I had this conversation with my younger sister who's 21 22 today, actually. Um she was so fearful about getting onto LinkedIn and sending a message to someone. I was like, just do it. What are they going to do? Delete it? <laughs> Who cares?
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter, Send does it? 100
1: it? messages, you might get 30 back. You yeah. might get 10 back. But those 10 people are then willing to help you achieve your goals.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I had that very experience just uh, yesterday. Um, there was some, some random guy in Beijing, in China. He's a Hungarian fellow, right? He must have a, a Chinese wife. That's why he lives there. And uh, he connected with my missus and said, Hey, can I talk to you about your photography business? And she said, You're better off talking to Rob about that. I'm the one that takes the photos. He kind of looks after the business. That's the other business that we have. So been running that for like 15 years or something like that. Susie's so been a photographer for about 20 years. Anyway, I get on the Zoom call with him just like this, and he's all like really kind of nervous. And I'm like, what do you want to know, man? I'll tell you everything. <laughs> and i chatted with him for like 45 minutes and he was so gracious he was so unbelievably gracious he was inviting me to china and he's come here and you every you visit here we'll look after you thank you so much and uh, i made myself a new friend right and oh, um, i think i genuinely helped him with just no expectation of anything he just needed a hand he wanted to ask some questions i had a bit of time i'm happy to answer his questions um, but unfortunately i'm not going to be going to china anytime soon because of no. what's going on there but um yeah, it's it, it, it's true what you say. Reach out, ask some people and they'll help it's you. It's
1: even more so true here in Australia because mm-hmm. of our culture of everyone's your mate. Yeah. Um and we're all willing to to generally give anyone a hand. Like mm-hmm. it's just part it's built into our DNA as a, as an Australian. So, um getting over that micro fear or whatever you have is it's not really that hard. It's just your your own self-talk. Like, "Oh, what are they going to do? What are they not going to do?" Mm. Send the message, or send the pick up the phone and start dialing. Like um, just ask, just ask. Yeah, uh, you know you could go back to Jesus. Uh, if you don't ask, you don't receive. Like yeah. it's, it's a powerful statement. So I'm not a religious person, but it's a powerful statement. So
0: very true. Good advice, mate. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to ask the other side of the the coin. Hiring the wrong person can be uh, enormously costly for an organization. And I want to ask the question more from a entrepreneurs or maybe a solopreneur's perspective where business is ticking along nicely. I I know that all of a sudden I'm I'm getting overwhelmed. There's just too many things going on and not enough time to do it. Task saturation is a daily event for me and I know what it is that I need to shed. I know the tasks that I need to shed, but I can't shed them to freelancers anymore. I need to hire somebody, a bum on a seat in an office or working from home, either way, that's okay. But I need to get the right person in place. How do I get clarity as the uh, as the solopreneur? Because it's a little bit like the uh, the distressed employee. I need a solution today. And that solution causes you to just shoot from the hip and hire the wrong person. <laughs> and I think that anybody that's ever had a business and hired the wrong person realizes how uh, how nasty this. that can be. Yeah, it
1: can be. It can, it can cost an absolute fortune. I've mm-hmm. been there, done it before. Um, I think the reality is it, it all comes back to clarity again and being clear on what you're offloading, what your goals are, and then actually measuring it. Um, I know one of my failures was not measuring the employee and and kind of like having the she'll be right kind of attitude. Don't mm-hmm. have that attitude. <laughs> yep. um, they you know they are an employee and they're there to help you add value to your business. Um, so you you need to. I think one of the fraudulent slogans out there is hire on personality and don't hire on skill, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur, you need to hire on both Mm. um, because you don't have the time and you don't have a lot of time, the money or resources to train that kind of, you're not a Google where they have a hiring team and a training facility and a you know a million ways to to take someone with the right personality and and create the skills as a solo entrepreneur, you need both. Mm. Um, and I've made that mistake in the past i've I've hired on personality going, this is going to be a you know a real go-getter. They don't have the skills. I can train them. but what tends to happen is you then spend your time on uh, training them and your revenue goes down, mm. and your productivity goes down and everything goes down. and then you might see an uprise in it, but it, you know, it could be too late for your business too. So I think you need clarity on exactly what you're going to offload, um, what tasks they are, um, how they're done as well. Sometimes have a bit of a training manual um, on how you want them done. Um, And I've done this with my offshore staff and then look at their skills and, and hire them because you, you know, you want to, you're hiring them because they're better than you at the job
0: that would be my advice that that right there that was the value bomb of the whole podcast (laughs) hire someone that's better than you at that job you can't be everything yeah isn't uh i'm not sure how true it is uh as you said that i just remembered something about pixar you know the the film the film company that made all they make all the animated films the the two fellas that um started pixar hired everybody that had a PhD in computer science back in the day when it was there. And they would like, they would freely admit we're the, we're the dumbest people that work in this workplace. And they just surrounded themselves with people that were a hundred times smarter than they were and more skillful. And they just kind of drove, this is the idea is what we want to do, make it happen. and it, And it worked to work to treat of course
1: yeah well, and it certainly did. They're very successful. I think Disney owns them now,
0: yeah, they do um, yeah.
1: but yeah, just hire people that are smarter than you in whatever function and pick their brains. let them. you know you're 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 the leader of the business, um, but you don't have all the answers
0: that's mm. a good lesson in ego as well because you know I'm pretty smart. <laughs> it's my business, <laughs> nobody can do it better than me, of course yeah, right. now there's, I'm gonna... all, there's always someone better than you. <laughs> There is. Come on, pull me back down to earth, baby. Come on.
1: Pull me all the way down. I'm going to crash and hit the ground like that. That's right. There's always someone out there better than you. That's why we evolve as a, as a race and and people.
0: as a species. Absolutely. Byron, thank you so much, mate, for sharing your insights there. They they, uh, are simple and they're practical and, and they're usable. So thank you for sharing that with my audience. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Well, as we're bumping up against an hour here at the podcast, I, want, I can't let you go, mate. I can't let you go without putting you in the podcaster's hot seat. Uh, a couple of questions I ask everybody before I, I let you go. It's a bit random, uh, kind of sort of not related to what we're talking about. Um, I always like to ask people that I meet, um, what is your favorite holiday destination? Because I love to get a bit of inside information because I love to travel. It's one of my favorite things to do.
1: My favorite holiday destination um, would have to be Fiji. Yeah, out of, out of all the places I've been, it would FG have to be... Fiji or Summer Cloud? Uh, no, just, <laughs> uh, well, saw Islands or something like that, somewhere where there is nothing to do but lay in a hammock. Oh. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, when you're when I'm on holiday, I like to switch off. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I am a bit of a go-go-go person, so I find it really hard. So that moment where I can sit in the hammock and just do nothing um, really helps me, you know, recharge, recharge, recharge. And, and, and yeah, it's, that's where I'd like to go. And that's what yeah, I've been there, done that, but um getting married
0: there. So that's,
1: that's the best place. I think.
0: Beautiful. Have you been to Summer Cloud?
1: I haven't been to Summer Cloud. No, I've been to the Yasawa islands up yep. north of um, Nadi, um, but I haven't been to Summer Cloud. No.
0: Yeah. I had a mate of mine. He's right into surfing and he goes there all the time. He's just said, it's just, Magnificent, and yes, yeah, so I feel like I abandoned the family for a day when we go and do that. But I kind of got to there go and do it because it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. an amazing break.
1: I haven't surfed Fiji yet, which is a bit of a shame, but
0: I, I definitely want to do it. So put it on the list, baby, and get it there. It's not that far from Australia. No, it's not three hours or something, is it? So yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. Awesome. Hey, what's a uh, what's a skill that you've not yet mastered? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, that's too broad. You've, you're doing pretty well. You're doing all right.
1: Um, I think a skill that I haven't mastered um, for me would be—it's definitely a leadership thing for me, um, and it's something that I'm working with with my coach and 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 things like that as well. Um, I find that I. I am the kind of person that will make a decision and push forward but in, in today's society people want to talk through things and all that kind of stuff so I'm working on myself to to master that skills uh, set and I guess you know listen and find out you know the reasons why and work with them more rather than you know that, that would be my skill that I'm trying to to fix and, and learn. So I haven't really mastered that yet, but I I don't think I'll ever master it. I I don't think you can ever master anything. I think there's always something to learn and new ways and and things like that. So,
0: you know, I, I, I feel like I've mastered podcasting, but I've just so much to learn. So So much to learn. Just scraping
1: by. Yeah. I was listening (laughs) to,
0: I was listening to Mark Merrin the other day and, um, you know, on on the topic of mastery, he's he's the Jedi Grandmaster. You know, he's been doing it since two thousand and eight or something like that on the radios, majorly famous in America and all that stuff. And the interview that I listened to was with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio in their new movie. And he he says that the the intro to the show, I'm you know, I'm going to try and not get starstruck. I don't get like that. You know, they're just normal people. But I've been following their careers. I love their movies. You know, there's these guys who used to media all this sort of stuff and. Um, he gets in the interview and he says, I'm going to try and not spin out in this interview like that. And and Brad Pitt kind of laughs at him and he's like, well, I'm only, the only reason I said yes to this interview because I want to see you lose your shit. And <laughs> it was, it was a really funny thing because I've, both of them said that right. And both of them like really super experienced with media, and super experienced with, with interviews. And I thought, isn't that funny? Like the thousands of interviews, he's still not, mastered it and about halfway through the interview he must be recording on a zoom because brad's got a mic leo's got a mic and he's got a mic and he says he asks leo a question and he goes just put that mic just don't hold there on the mic and he must be holding where the where the xlr cable plugs into the microphone and there's a bit of static and he loses his shit he's like ah, there's static on this. Hang on, stop the interview. We've got to do that. And I left it all in there. And it's like hilarious. And Brad Pitt's like over in the corner, kind of laughing going, <laughs> I got what I it knew before. it. You know, he's losing, losing his shit. And I thought, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Somebody so professional and so so apparently skillful, just a normal human being who's never mastered really what it is that he's doing. And he's always learning. And And you never, you never ever really truly get mastery of something, even though you can get really good at it and proficient at it. You're never truly a master, right?
1: No, I don't think I don't think you can ever master anything, to be perfectly honest. I think you can only just get better and better and better, you know. You just gotta look at something like golf in the eighteen hundreds compared to Tiger Woods kind of now, right? Like someone's gonna come along better than him. Mm. So, and everyone thinks, you know, he's the master and he's very good, don't get me wrong. But um there's always going to be someone better that's mastered you and
0: Forward. I love it. I love it. All right. Last one. What's the, uh, what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received?
1: The best piece of business advice that I've ever received. Uh, I think it's, I'd, I'd go back to Jack DeLosa with the saying, cause I did a bit of work with him. Um, just the product or service doesn't have to be, right or perfect. You don't need to look for perfection. But if you've got an idea, get it 70% there and then push it to your market or push your service because the rest can be learnt and And you will fail along the way, but that will lead you to be uh, uh, come up with a better product or better service. Uh, and what you think you're pushing the market might not even be the right product or service, mm-hmm. but you'll know, you'll you'll get those things. So, um i don't think i don't, yeah don't aim for perfection i i think that was part of what i would always do back in the, in the past just try and get something out there that's about 70% right because you don't want to put crap out in the market either like you don't mm. want to put something that's dog shit um but you you want to put something out that's got value can add value people want it or people want to use it or use your services or whatever it is and then Start learning and, and modifying it. And I don't know you can see that with our podcast series. Yep. Like it was horrible, but it was it was 70% there. We had a camera. Good enough. <laughs> and you had good content. Had good enough content, yeah.
0: yeah
1: cool. um, so that that would be my best piece of advice, I think. I, I, I took that and went, oh, that well, was a little bit of an aha moment. Like, oh, actually, I don't need to be the perfectionist. I, and it doesn't need to be the perfect thing, but you can always make change.
0: I love it. I love it. It's very good. The way I describe that is, is perfection creates procrastination. It does. The the ultimate pursuit of perfection is, is a perfect aerobatic loop where you fly back through your own wake. Um, yep. But if you're trying to do that every single time, you're just going to be flying around in circles in the sky forever until you run out of fuel. You don't get it every single time, you know, and and don't no. procrastinate on it. Just, just get it to market and go. Especially when you've got a 15-knot crosswind. Exactly. <laughs> dead right yeah, you're gonna miss that wake every single time just about unless you're correct for it awesome right. well byron it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the goal in podcast here for an hour and and get a little window into your world and thank you again for for sharing a little bit of your experience and your knowledge uh, if people want to connect with you what's the best way to do that
1: uh either connect with me on linkedin uh i'll generally accept everyone's connection because i like to network as a recruiter i don't don't mind who i network with and 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 like new opportunities, um, or connect with me on on Facebook or um, Instagram at uh, B Van Gisborne. Sorry.
0: Okay, excellent. And if Your you're friend, If you're watching this, just scroll on down and all the links to Byron's uh, social media and his website will be right there. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, just take a little peek at the show notes and all of the links will be right there. So you're not going to have to go poking around in Google for them. Just click those links, make sure you connect with Byron on LinkedIn and don't forget to give him a little, a follow on Instagram as well. Before I let you go, mate, and we wrap it up, have you got a a parting shot, some parting wisdom for the goal in audience?
1: Uh, I think just what I said earlier, everything is that you want in your life is on the other side of your fear. So get over your fear and just jump. I love it. I love it. In the spirit of airborne, just jump. Yes, Go for us. Just, just jump. Just jump and find out. Yeah, if you don't jump, you won't find out.
0: All right, awesome. Thanks again for coming on the show, Byron. Really appreciate it, mate, and look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now. Pleasure. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with Byron, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to his website and his socials are right there. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and the details are right there in the show notes as well. Now, if you've got a message or some feedback for the show, you can reach out via the Go All In socials or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goallin.com.au to find out more. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time.